Welcome to this week's episode of Soccer Neophytes Podcast. We're going to talk handballtopia, some extra time drama, and much more. What's up, guys? Hey, hey, pal. If I only have two topics and I just say, and more, it means who knows, this could be a short podcast. It could actually be super long because we just start talking about a whole bunch of random stuff. There's so much random stuff to talk about. There always is. There always is. (laughs) But we're going to start with Handballtopia. What are some of your impressions of this game? Chris, you and I were both watching it. Andrew, I don't know if you were watching it, but we had a lot of lively uh, texting going on because I called it Handballtopia. It was... There was so it much was wild abomination. Stuff. It was yeah. so terrible. Like we've been over this again and again and again with the whole VAR situation, but like, it's unbelievable how they could set a precedence on the first one where they're like, okay, it definitely hit his hand and he controlled it, but it looked incidental. So we'll let it go. And then the next one, it should have been a penalty on Burnley because it clearly hit his hand as he's defending. I mean, his hands back behind him reached out. And they're like, okay, crap. We just set the precedence. We can't then flip. So we'll go no handball. And then the same thing happens a third time. And they're like, no, no, no. We're going to call this one. And uh, we're going to negate that goal that happened. I I mean, if I'm a Burnley fan, I'm so pissed. And I think at the end of the day, like, it um, forces first goal should not have counted. But they should have had a penalty kick. On, on the next handball in the box that was against Burnley. And so it should have been 1-1, more than likely 1-1. And then they should have disallowed the other handball that they did disallow. So at the end of the day, it washed out almost. But if I'm a Burnley fan, like they set the precedent that, that w- they weren't going to call those. And it literally happened again, and they decided to call that one. I, here's what I guarantee you. Zero percent chance the audio gets released on the, yeah. the, that bar review. There's no chance because the other two mysteriously and magically they didn't ask the referee to go check out at the video screen. But the last one, they're like, "Well, shit. Um, well, why don't you go take a look?" And that's what they disallow it. I mean, it's such a farce. It is such a joke. It's unbelievable. I mean, it's a. It's just. The worst part about it is that we have to keep talking about it each week. And the biggest, again, it's the biggest issue is clear and obvious error. You can basically make any decision you want, essentially. We might as well. I actually would prefer to just go back to, if you want the ref, on-field ref, to have all the power, then just give it back to him and let him make a mistake. And I can take a out of the equation completely. Dude, I'm totally fine if a guy makes can't see with the natural eye at full speed, whether or not a guy, his elbow or his inner thigh or what, you know, anything that anything touches the ball. Like I would just rather go either we're going to use instant replay or VAR to get the call right or have none of it either, or I'm done with this. I'm so done with this bullshit. It's, it's It's not good. It's not good for the game. Review shouldn't exist unless the sole purpose is to get the call right. 100%. If you're just going to leave it subjectivity, like the subjectivity to allow them to have discourse on it and be like, well, uh, yeah, I mean, if you look here, his arms above his blue, like, just get rid of it. Get rid of it completely. Yeah, it sucks. But Bernie, you want to throw in on that? Are you waiting? Are you waiting to go off when we get the Spurs? No, I, I, I just know that all rules and laws were created to um, help the people in power maintain power. So basically, it's like this is like a ref's way. Are you talking of, about? Are you talking about soccer or about life? I'm talking about life and soccer, <laughs> mostly the police. You know, um, but mostly what I'm saying is like. You've got the elite, like the the Tottenham's and the United's and the Arsenal's and the blah, blah, blah. And they create these rules. It's almost like a super delegate when you're creating the electoral college. You know, it's like just in case they accidentally create 
something that makes everything fair. We have these guys to prevent everything from being fair. Do you know what I'm saying? This is just life in general. Um, so what I'm saying is, uh, yeah, they're not looking to create fairness, Chris. They're trying to make sure that if they do need to control something, that they control it. That's all. I hate it because if we do want to talk about Tottenham, I know you brought him up, but uh, like they got so hosed by the get refs. There. We're going to get there. We're going to we'll get, get there. there. Fine. Right, but, but before we get there, I all I want to say is that Burnley did get their first point, point. in the Premier League season. Congrats. <laughs> and by the way, you know what that means is Luton is the last team to not have a point <laughs> in the whole uh, Premier League. That is true. That's true. And Somehow to the shock of nobody at the same time. At this point, here's the thing. You know how you and I were rooting for them? Like, I don't think they're going to be good, but by God, I want these bastards to be good. They are not good. They are really, really not good. And their kits are ugly, so I can't say anything nice about them. They Honestly, are not good, but they're also one win away from being out of relegation zone. Of course, so. because this is because life is insane and we live in a weird place. Yeah. Yeah. It's but even like looking at Burnley's lineup at the start of the day, I was like, oh crap, this team isn't good either. Like they're it's the only hope I have for Wolves this season is that there are some really bad teams in this league. Now Wolves I will say this though, Burnley, Burnley is better than Sheffield. Burnley is the best of the three. We'll see. We'll see. I think so. Anyway, uh, Chris had him six, I think, in his preseason predictions. <laughs> hey, it's early, guys. Who you play matters. We, Who you we play know. matters. I think Burnley is the best of the promoted teams. I will say that. Yeah. yeah. I, I also think it's a little bit of a lesson of, like, don't overreact to teams that dominate the championship. Like, they're – there's levels to this for a reason and there's levels to this when they come up like all three of these teams are so bad chris i know it <laughs> feels like i'm whispering to you like i'm telling you a secret you don't know but right. here's the deal ready listen close ready you lean in all three of these teams are so bad they are so bad dude they're so bad all of them are so bad they are god they're so bad they're so bad they're so bad. But there's a team that's in second place that I know you want to talk about. And there was some remarkable extra time drama this <laughs> week. And it was happening at the same exact time. Spurs with a remarkable comeback. And then Aston Villa with a remarkable comeback. I mean, both games, uh, amazing. Andrew, I was not watching the Spurs match. Um, so I was, I know you were, <laughs> I know you were. Tell us, um, that was a lot of fun. Okay. Because here's the problem. Um, I, 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 we talked about this offline. I, I am not one of those guys who, um, dumps on refs. I, I realized that almost every ref is trying to make the best call. There is a quote out there that literally, there are two quotes, Nate. Um, one, my dad used to say is, a fool is someone who learned yesterday what you just learned. Uh, I'm sorry, a fool is someone who learned today what you learned last week, right? It's a way of being patient with people who are on a different journey. Another quote that drives me is, um, never attribute to malice that which is adequately explained by stupidity. Some people are just dumb and they're in their own head. I think refs fall into both camps, right? Like some of them are dumb. Some of them are just not paying all the way attention. Most of the time, Nate, they don't give a fuck about you or me and what I think about the outcome. So I give them the benefit of the doubt. Having said that, um, I need to use an American football analogy to explain the Tottenham Spurs. I'm sorry, the Tottenham Hotspurs. I just call them the Spurs because we're close. Um, <laughs> to explain how I felt they were treated in the first half. Chris, you're my football pal. 
Remember how Rob Gronkowski of the New England Patriots was one of the largest dudes you've ever seen in your life, and they would treat him like a wide receiver, even though he was 6'8", 290 pounds, just a huge dude. So they would let people hang on him. They would let people grab him. They would let people hit him early, etc. You know what I'm saying? Yep. That's what was going on in the first half of these uh, Spurs versus, uh, um, I don't even know their name right now, Sheffield. Um, They were letting Sheffield knock people on their asses. They were letting Sheffield um, push people down. They were letting Sheffield dive into legs. They were letting Tottenham, because they were so much better than Sheffield, get beat up in every way possible. And Nate, I'm not one of those people, but I I was frustrated watching the game. I'm sorry. You're sounding like one of those people. I know. And I was texting you during the game. I was saying like, these refs are not kind to this team. Yes. Um, And frankly, when they brought in Rich Arlison, because um, they brought him in the 80th minute, he bring in fresh legs. I is there anybody on this podcast who likes Richarlison? No. 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 Um, I don't either. And I like Tottenham. By the way, I need to emphasize, guys, not only am I am I back with Tottenham, but I'm like in love with Tottenham. Like Tottenham, I'm gonna marry Tottenham. Sorry, fellas. Okay, like I'm gonna wait, walk wait, wait. Tottenham down the aisle. Nate's gonna sprinkle the rice. Chris <laughs> is I'm sorry. Nate's going to sprinkle the roses. Chris throws the rice afterwards when we leave. Anyway, um, I'm 100% on board. Um, I'm not shy. And um, I realize it sounds homery to be like the refs were shitty, but they were so shitty, dude. Did you watch any of it? No. All right. So when they ultimately scored two goals in four minutes, I wasn't shocked. They should have been up five nail at halftime. It was a, it was an issue. I mean, this is the most, I think both Andy thing, Andrew thing and Spurs thing imaginable that you've spent more time bitching about the refereeing than this remarkable uh, comeback. They're down one nil in extra time and they score a 98th minute and then a hundredth minute goal. I mean, Richarlison with a beautiful header um, to to equalize. Um, just amazing. Um, I would like to say that the reason that I'm not spending as much time on the comeback is I was expecting them to be ahead. And you have to understand, this team is playing so good, Nate. Even when they're down 1-0, I was expecting them to be ahead. When they scored two goals in four minutes, I expected it to happen. That's why I'm excited about this team. This team is good. Pasta Coglu, um, despite the fact that he's a big, fat, like, Southern Alabama SEC coach, he knows how to coach a fucking team, dude. I am blown away by him. So... Not only am I not spending time on the comeback, I expected the comeback. I, you call me a homer, fine. I think this team is unbelievably good. I think they're not only good, like we're going to maybe do power rankings. I don't know. I think they're definitively number two. Um, I think they're going to get better throughout the season. I think this team is remarkable. And um, so that's why I didn't talk about the comeback. I expected the comeback. Go ahead. Sorry. I'm going to have to look, listen back. It's probably episode seven of last season. I bet we could almost find the The exact same rant. Same rant from episode seven of last season. God fucking damn it. I hope you find it because um, here's the thing. I bought new Tottenham gear. I got it. It's in my home. I'm not wearing it right now, but fuck you. I'm back on the Tottenham train, baby. And you know what? Um, If I have to be shamed later, you can shame my ass later. But I am, um, I love this team, dude. They're so good. I'm going to say it again. When they're in eighth to finish the season, you are going to be so pissed and you cannot choose another team again. 
No, I'm stuck with them forever. I'm not going anywhere else. Listen, have I gone back to the same girl three times? Yes. This is my only time sticking with Tottenham. We're stuck with two, baby. I'm done. This is my girl. Tottenham is my baby. All right. Well, there's another team that I I think is a rather exciting team. Uh, And I have to say that with uh, humility because they are a, a rival of Wolves. But I really think Aston Villa is a solid club this year. They were down one nil to Crystal Palace. Uh, and then they decided to score three goals. There's they scored one in the 87th minute, um, but then they scored two in extra time in the 98th and the 101st minute uh, to to pull out a, a victory over Crystal Palace at home. Um, really just two remarkable comebacks and really, really fun. I wasn't watching either of them. Unfortunately, I was watching Brighton Manchester United, but to see those stats come across uh, and, and watch the highlights later, really, really amazing comebacks. Well, there are a couple teams that are, are rather confusing right now and they are Arsenal and United Arsenal. I, they are getting the results, which you have to, you got to get the points. So it matters who you play matters who you play, but they're getting the points and, uh, but they're not getting the points in a convincing way. And so I'm curious about Arsenal. Are they uh, a good team or not? The other team is United who on paper should be good. We have pundits on this podcast who picked them rather high uh, on the table. Some might even say the highest you could put a team on the table. Um, but they are not getting results so much so that I brought up the point this weekend that had VAR uh, got the call right with the, on the Onana foul wolves and United would be exactly tied in points goals for and goals against Um, now, whatever they didn't, but, but that says something I'm trying the point stands that they would both have, Four points, which is but the fault in your logic. Actually, hold up, no, Chris. Is, no, let no, me no, jump no, in, I'm, Chris. No, Chris, I'm Chris. Chris, Chris. I need to you jump in real quick. This is a fight between you and Nate. So I just want to say before you guys get into this that um, I'm gonna go get some popcorn and really, really, really savor this conversation because I've been looking forward to this since I saw uh, Nate send this text. I have been looking forward to this conversation for so long um, that I just, can you just give me a 30 second head start? Is that okay or no? No. Chris, the only only fault in your logic, Nate, is that you assume Wolves were going to cash in on the penalty kicks. And they don't score goals until week three. That's so. you're right. I mean, there's no guarantee. You're you're right. There's no guarantee they would have scored the penalty. Yeah. Penalty success uh, rate like ninety percent or something. So you're right. It's not a guarantee. So, <laughs> but my point uh, be, my point isn't to say yes. it's when I was joking with you in text. I was trying to get right. you dialed up. Wolves and United are not. Yeah, but yeah, it point stands that they are one poor call away from having four points and that's problematic. And it's their second worst start in, uh, since the premier league. Yeah. Um, the easier response first is Arsenal's good, but they're not great. Um, and I did predict them to have a comeback to earth season. Yep. I didn't think they were content. So I'm not surprised by it. But they are good. They're fine. They're good. They're a good squad. But they're they're not gonna win the league. Um, I'm on record. I'm not worried about United. The only thing I'm worried about is the injuries. Is they are such an injury depleted team right now. They've got nine players who are out for multiple weeks to months now, and seven of them are starters. So they're just super injured. I also told you. Bet on Brighton because Brighton has has just had United's number for the last few seasons. So this weekend's result wasn't a surprise. I'm not surprised by anything that's happened so far this season when it comes to United. Other than you have injury. to be a little surprised because you picked them to be number one. So you sure, have to be a little surprised. Predict injuries. You can't predict that 
that your best two defenders are going to be injured, that your your uh, right winger is, is going to be put on the shelf for being accused of stuff. Uh, you can't predict that your big signing over the summer is going to, you know, pull a hamstring or a quad muscle. Like, their injury list is insane. Like, their injured list would kick the shit out of Wolves in a one-on-one match. Uh, it's just – They play 11 on 11, but I say – Yeah, whatever. You know what I meant. Team on team. You can't predict those injuries. So a fully healthy United squad looks a whole hell of a lot different than the squad that's getting run out there right now. And, you know, Ten Hag ran a whole new system this past weekend, and he got asked about it after the match. And he said, well, you know, considering the injuries, this is the right time to try something different. So I, I'm not – no, I'm not surprised. By it. The only thing I'm surprised by is by the is, is the amount of injuries that have piled up so quickly – and that's what happens when a lot of people get hurt. Yeah. Well, the question is, can they turn it around? I mean, what's, yeah, that's, what's, what's the ce- What's the ceiling for them? Like, what's their best, like, what's the best you can hope for at this point? Fourth. I think, I think that's the ceiling. Uh, that's what you hope for. If they don't get healthy, it's not going to matter. Like they lost Aaron Wan Bissaka yesterday for two months. Now he, dude, I didn't, I didn't see that. That's it's, it's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. So you know they're signing guys that are free agents because they can't transfer anymore, just yep. to bring them in to play. Like Regulon played all ninety-five minutes the other day because he was a you know it was like oh hey, you're I had a no idea to play left back. <laughs> I had no idea he was on their team. I was like Regulon, right. what? Yeah, they signed him four days ago yeah. <laughs> before that match. Like, it and, just sucks. Like, and Champions League starting. I mean, this is where yeah. you're really screwed. It's, I don't feel bad for big six clubs when they have injuries yeah. because your teams are your teams are built to play in Champions League. But yeah, when you so you you're built to be able to withstand it. But if you're playing Champions League and this, and you have all these injuries, like Chelsea has a ton of injuries right now too. They've been decimated. Their injury starting 11 versus United's injury starting 11 would be a great match, but you're, but they don't have to play champ. They don't play in any Europe. So, so Chelsea actually is in some ways a better situation than, than United. Um, I'm not yeah. saying that they have the same squads. I'm just saying like, if you look at teams who have spent a lot of money and have quality players and are sure. built to withstand at least the rigors of playing in Europe and playing in Ch- and Premier League. Chelsea not having to play in Europe is going to serve them better than United. United, that's going to be tough. Yeah, and you know, like like I said, I'm not surprised by it. It sucks the injuries. You look at the schedule. I told you guys Brighton was going to win that game this weekend. Uh, they lost to Arsenal in Arsenal, and they lost to Tottenham in Tottenham. Those are three results that I expected. And then they beat Force and they beat Wolves, no matter how good or bad they looked in those. Like, it's kind of breaking how I thought it would be with how things have kind of played out so far. So not surprised by it. It just sucks to just keep losing people left and right. Um, but it is what it is. You should never feel bad for any of the top six. I don't feel bad for United. It just sucks. Like there's yeah. nothing you can do about it. It is what it is. So, you know, they got a game on Wednesday. They got to play Bayern in, in Champions League, and hopefully they can win that game. But, you know, I have no idea what that starting 11 is going to look like. I have no idea what shape they're going to run out in. Like this past weekend was completely different. I mean, this past weekend's game – um, ended with Bruno Fernandez playing right center back. Jeez. That's brutal. He's if you look at the statistics, Bruno Fernandez creates more goal scoring opportunities than anyone in the Premier League over the last four seasons. Insane what's going on. So uh yeah, you just hope for health and the schedule sucks. So yeah. Well two teams Brighton, we've already mentioned Brighton is they're legit. They had that loss against West Ham, which I, I do think West Ham's lost to city. They lost three, one West Ham had the lead early. Um, city is just city, but I don't think that, I don't think that loss for West Ham is a bad one by any means. Um, but 
but Brighton, Brighton is so much fun to watch. It, they would be a really hard team if, if you're a newcomer to the Premier League. It'd be, it'd be a very enticing team to pick, especially if you're going to choose a team that's not in the big six. But uh, Brighton's so much fun, and they looked great. Um, I feel like we should have a, um, a segment for newcomers. Like, Hey everybody, like almost like Pee Wee's Playhouse, like everybody join in, you know, come on audience, join in close. Like, let's talk about the things we liked about specific teams, you know, on a, on a specific time, you know what I mean? Like to highlight, cause here's the thing. There was a lot of good plays by a lot of good teams this week, and it'd be fun to. That's hold up. I'm this is actually that. Next what the, week. Do you know that this is what the whole podcast is? We have a newcomer who watches. He's not here though. I know. I know. Now but I you're saying let's create a segment, and the entire podcast is created for this purpose. We okay, next week, guys. We okay, listen, we're but gonna have a talking her. couch next week. We're gonna have um Lawrence Fishburn as our mailman. Um, I forget what, what was his name on P- you guys know that Lawrence Fishburn, uh, his first role was on PU's play. I right? did not know that, but he was that. the mailman. I forget what his name was. He was great. Anyway, um, next week we're gonna have a new um segment on the show. It's things we liked about teams we don't fucking talk about that much. We're and, not gonna- uh, I'm going to spearhead it. Nope. That's the, literally the Neophyte focus. That is his job. That is what he is supposed to do. I'm still kind of a Neophyte. No. A little? Uh, All right. Fine. I won't then. I won't give a shit about best. our new followers. That's what the best in the Weghorst is for. <laughs> fine. Do All right. your thing then. The other team that I think is just great or is proving their worth. And I think the true number two team in the premier league right now, and that's Liverpool, uh, Liverpool beat wolves three, one. And the best way to describe this match is when wolves dominate a half, they are either up one, nothing like they were against Liverpool or they're nil, nil like they were against Manchester United wolves dominated both of those halves when Liverpool dominates like a half, like they did this weekend in the second half, they win three, nothing. And, uh, that's, that's exactly what happened. So Liverpool, Liverpool's good. And, uh, I think whatever we can, obviously that, that debate will keep going for a while, but, uh, Liverpool is legit. We almost didn't have a red card, but in the waning moments of Burnley, Nottingham Forest, uh, Foster gives an elbow to the chest of the opposing player. It goes to VAR. He gets removed. Uh, Chris described it as a soft elbow, uh, which I think it was, but the intent is there. And I think that's, they do not trifle, uh, that type of attitude in, in matches. And so it was a red card. Yeah, it was, it was soft. I love that they call it like, even when they do the VAR review and they put the headline up is VAR reviewing hostile act. (laughs) Totally. All right, whatever. Yeah, that was dumb. I mean, he did it. I'm not going to pretend like he didn't do it, but it's still soft and still soccer. So the guy fell over like he got shot in the chest by, you know, a cold 45 or something. It's just fucking dumb. Uh, we also had two Americans in this match. One who does not play for the U.S. men's national team, but uh, he, in fact, was born in the States. And he is a fun player to watch. That is Coliosho for Burnley. He is uh, on Italy's national team. Still a chance the U.S. could uh, woo him over, but for now he he plays on Italy's. I think uh, under eleven or under eleven, under twenty. He would dominate that under eleven squad. <laughs> he is so good. 
Uh, he plays for their under 21 teams and he looked really good, really exciting off the ball. Um, he was creating a lot of chances for Burnley in that game. And then uh, Matt Turner, Turner looked good. The, the goal he allowed was a stunner. It was just a great goal. And so, uh, but other than that, he made a couple really good saves and uh, he's so commanding in the box. I love, love watching Matt, Matt Turner play. We had a discussion earlier uh, in the week through text about kit numbers because yeah. Richarlison took the, the number nine kit and, and Andrew said that is a bold move for a guy that we've already talked about how much we don't like him. Uh, he said that, but then he immediately ordered his jersey after something. <laughs> I absolutely hold up, hold up. I'm okay with certain types of slander. This is not one of those ones I'm okay with. I would never, ever in a million years wear a Rich Arlison kit. So we were wondering, and, and even that happened. Oh, go ahead. And it really, you don't know this, but our first season of, of neophytes, um, Anytime I heard Rich Arlison in a game, I thought his name was Rich Arlison, full like first and last. Yeah, so no. What was season, the guy? Uh, oh, Juan's. Uh, hold up. Who who was it? Who I didn't realize that was his full last name, Juan Basaka. Basaka. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I thought his season, first name was Juan. Yeah, for the for the longest time, I thought it was Rich Arlison, <laughs> and I would refer to him as. Rich or Arlison, whenever we were talking about. <laughs> I'm like, who the hell is Arlison? What are you talking about? <laughs> oh, and what's worse oh. is like you put your neck out for a dude who sucks. Dude, I hate that guy. <laughs> totally. oh, I love I Tottenham, remember? I love Tottenham. I hate that dude. So we are blending two segments together. Knowing is half the battle. And I have requested that our on- Sight on field on the ground reporter Stu give us his understanding of uh kit numbers. How are they selected? Do the player get to select it? Does the manager have a say? The their position they play. Hold up, we should talk about why we're talking about this, right? Just did say it. <laughs> I said it was ballsy of Rich Arlison to take the nine from Harry Kane, right. And I already said that. Oh, I wasn't listening. <laughs> Jeez. Oh, man. Andrew, this is amazing. Okay. All that to say, again, this is Stu, our buddy on the ground, reporting. I haven't even listened to this yet, so I'm excited to hear. What does Stu have to say about kit numbers? Squad numbers in the Premier League. Hmm. Weird one. Until I think it was '93, so you did have one season without them, and before then it was one to eleven. As we know, number one's keeper, two right back, three left back, seven right wing, eleven left wing, and then strikers nine and ten, um, eight in the fiddle midfield, and then you'd have like five, six, and four rotating between midfield and defence. It's completely down to the players what number they have. There's nothing stopping anyone. Well, we have Rui, Rui playing in goal for us, playing 11. Um, there's nothing stopping any numbers anymore. Um, other than ones that are retired by the club for reasons, like West Ham with number six and Bobby Moore, their captain, England's captain, won the World Cup in 66, retired when he died, as a, well, after he died, as a tribute. Um, but yeah, it's completely down to players. They have a number. They can have a number that they can change if they want to, like um, Fabio did this season when Raul left. So number nine was available. He went from where he had before to number nine. That's the only time you can change during the season now if the number becomes available. Other than that, if a player's got a preference and they want to do something, they want to do a deal, um, they have to wait till the end of the season because the squad numbers are already registered. But yes, it's nothing to do with the manager whatsoever. It might be a commercial decision um, that might come into it, but it's normally completely down to player choice. All right. So I don't know how loud that was. Were you guys able to hear that okay? Yeah, I kind of want to compare this to um, American football real quick, right? Like, so 
if you are an American football quarterback, what number do you immediately go for? I know what number hits me in the head. Um, for me, but I'm a Montana fan. So, so in my head, I think seven and I think 12, right? Like there's a couple numbers that QBs hit for. I will say this. I once dated a girl who once asked, do the numbers mean you're not allowed to catch the ball? And I said, oh my God, I've never been more attracted to you in my life. Yes. (laughs) Because if you're an offensive lineman and you're four yards upfield, you're not allowed to catch the ball. I know what number it is based on what number you're wearing, et cetera. I, um, she was a scientist, by the way, but she was like, she was smart and everything. That blew my mind that she picked up sports, though. Um, so for me, though, numbers are a big deal. But in soccer, you have fewer numbers to work with, right? <laughs> So, I mean, you're I kind the, of I think the is, universe, that the whole, is that the whole I think answer? The, I think the universe has all of the numbers. I think, like, if you're... No, but I know, but you with soccer, we're dealing with, like, 1 through 11, and, like, you can't retire anybody if you're, like, there's only 11 people in the team, right? Yeah, but lots of guys have different numbers. Like, it, there's numbers in the 20s. If you If you see a guy in, like, the 40s, 50s, or higher... That's usually an academy player who doesn't have a number because they they've got all the normal numbers are taken. So, but I think what Stu was saying is that you could nowadays it's less and less tied to position where in the past it was, it was very tied to position. Just, I think but, your, your comp is but like NFL. You like, still want the nine. The nine is like the nine. Not the if you're nine a, is huge, but not if you're a center back, you don't want nine. I think that's what you're confused. I think that's what you're mixing up. Like a center back is never going to be nine. I don't know if you, that's if you're like the nine, if you're like, dude, they call yeah, me nine. Because, yeah. Because the nine is a striker. So I think if yeah. you're a center back, you do not want to be nine. That does not make any sense. Maybe I'm vain and I'm kind of a douchebag, but I kind of be like, dude, I'm the nine. Like that feels like knowing that that's your position. If that's, for am I come on English British whatever like if you ever no. played a professional organized sport you're immediately running for the nine jersey right you know when they're, they're just, hold up There's no, hey, no let's wrong. do this let's you're do wrong. this as people who played professional sports in the United States when we ran for a jersey I ran for a specific jersey I ran for Nomar Garcia Parra's jersey I love that dude what did you run for. Like a number? Yeah. Did you have a guy? Yeah, Will Clark, twenty-two. Yeah, did they? And twenty-two was always twenty-two was always the biggest baseball jersey because it was always like what? So I was always stuck with like right two, three, four because it was based on your size in the states as kids, right? But what I'm saying is, I would imagine the English kids, the British kids, if there was like jerseys lying around, they'd all run for the nine. They don't do that. No, they don't. I don't. I don't think so. I think really based on position. And I bet at the youth level and Stu or whoever can correct us, I bet at the youth level, they're even more strict. I bet if you're the center back, you are number four. Am I just the asshole who always wanted to be shortstop, who always wanted to be the guy like in the middle of everything? Is that why I'm thinking that way? Well, no, I think that is true. Like of American sports. I think we had it. We had more opportunity to choose, but even then I don't, I don't really, as a, as a short, small kid, I don't ever feel like I had a choice. I was always a low number because it was always done by size. So, uh, at least in the sports I played. So, so even when I was short, I was fat. So I always got the biggest number. So I would always, I would always go for Nomar Garcia Parra first. It didn't matter. And then settle for the biggest number because I was a heavy kid. All right. Well, now, now, you know, and knowing is half the battle on to the best in the Weghorst. This is our, our time where we get to talk about the things that we loved about the week, things that we hated about the week. Um, guys, you want to start? Anyone want to start? I'll start with the best goal of the week. 
<clears throat> that came today for Nottingham Forest. Um, Callum Hudson Adoy making his debut for Nottingham Forest signed just the other day with just a remarkable bender into the top corner. It was sick. There's your best of the week. All right, I'll do the worst of the week. Um, anybody who had to watch uh the West Ham City game, um, it was God, it was a lot of maroon. Um, there was a lot of mauve. It's so true. <laughs> there was a lot of um like it's not purple but maybe you might describe it as purple it was not a pretty game to watch like here's the thing i'm watching this game because i'm rooting for city's first draw of the season and i'm you know west ham's up one nil to start and i'm like you guys all texted me yada 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 they scored too early blah 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 and frankly it hurt um and it was right because they ultimately lost three to one. But anybody who watched that game is like, this is not appealing to look at. It was gross. Like, okay, imagine, hold on, Nate, close your eyes. Chris, you too. Imagine your worst color of brown and now mix it with purple. That's oh, what the game third. looked like. Tottenham's third kit. Yeah. Oh, it was just not, <laughs> it was just not a pretty game. And that's all I'm saying. Um, and, and the best of the week, and I am begrudgingly saying this, and Nate, you know I am because I hate this man, but the best of the week, motherfucking Rich Arlison comes in in the 80th minute, scores a goal, has an assist on a beautiful pass, just a great goal. The man stepped up. I hate him so much. And then it's like the sh it's, it's what's the, um, the prodigal son that comes back and you're like, I'm so happy you're back, but also like, where you been, dude? That's all. Anyway, um, I hate Rich Arlison. I hope he does better forever, but he's my favorite of the week. Well, my best of the week, I'm, I'm pairing two, Things that I love, uh, great hair with great play. And there was great hair and great play in the same match. Simon and Andigra is a new player for uh, Brighton. And he had just a beautiful assist as well as a beautiful head of hair, but not to be outdone. Hannibal for Manchester United, the only goal scored, he just takes a rocket from like 10 yards outside of the box. Beautiful goal and obviously beautiful, luscious hair. We've loved, we've loved Hannibal for a while. I mean, he's, yep. he's, he hasn't played much for United. He's featured in some cup ties and, uh, featured in different stuff because he's he's young and just hasn't had a path forward but to see him him play and uh score just a screamer that was that was my best of the weekend both those guys i like my, it my worst of the weekend i don't know if you guys saw this i really you guys probably didn't watch the highlights and i should have sent you uh the video of it but wolves are up one nil pedro neto which Anytime you see a Wolves player on the top of any uh, record sheet in the Premier League, it's remarkable. But Pedro Neto is the leader in assists in the Premier League with four assists. And he should have five because he put in a beautiful cross to Cunha for Wolves that literally all Cunha had to do was not jump and head it kick it, anything. He was wide open in front of net and he jumps and mistimes it. And the ball like kind of hits him in the crotch. He kind of tries to head it. I mean, it is one of the worst attempts I've seen. And alas, uh, 
Wolves don't score and Wolves lose 3-1. So uh, that was my worst of the week. It was a horrible attempt. He should have, he would have had a better chance if he would have, if he would have like thrust it at it with his hips and tried to dick it in. Like that was the best chance he had. If he was going to go airborne, he needed to try and dick it in. But instead he tried to head it in with his other head and it didn't go in. I saw that one and I felt really bad for you. Like I'm not a Wolves um, fan or supporter. And, um, but I felt bad for that one. Dude, he had it like those. I, I, I want the, I want people to score. Dude, like I like watching people score cool goals. And when you watch those ones, it kind of hurts your feelings, you know? Yeah, it hurt my feelings. Yeah. Well, let's move on to best bet brought to you by FanDuel. FanDuel. All right. That brings us to our best bet brought to you by FanDuel. FanDuel, where addicts become more addicted. Um, looking at this week's stats, outputs, we did okay. We did okay. I was trying to think of a better word for it, but we did okay. Um, Nate, you went with a somewhat safe bet, a minus 115 on Aston Villa. They came back at the end and, and sealed that for you with two late goals. So you took home 90 bucks on that one. Congratulations. Uh, Tim. Took Liverpool minus 250. Who cares? Um, unfortunately, Andrew had the West Ham City draw. Um, he's going to learn eventually to stop betting against City. In any I would like to point draw. out, hold up, hold up, hold up. At like 48 minutes, you guys texted me like, dude, maybe West Ham scored too early. And boy, did they, um, because they ultimately lost three to one. But um, I also for, think it's important to note that you texted us, look out for the draw, holy shit, it's going to happen. <laughs> and the response from us to you was, just give it some time. Yeah, no, I mean, you're telling one side of the story. I'm telling what's going on inside my head. Like, I was super <laughs> excited for about 57 minutes. I don't know what the official time was. But I was like, this is going to play, brothers. And it did not. No. No. And, and the thing with City is they crush your dreams quickly. So Yeah, no, like they do it and they stack it on top of each other like like – Boom, boom, like, you know, speed bags, like yeah, they but- hit you in the mouth three times in a row and it really hurts your feelings. Anyway, I'm going to mute. Uh, our our resident neophyte, Lundberg, I made fun of him last week for taking Tottenham at a minus 360 and uh, they barely cashed that, but he still cashed it. Um, so congratulations. And then I got screwed today by VAR. I had Burnley winning. Unfortunately, they drew, so I lost that one. So Andrew and I are the big losers from from this past week, but it's okay because this is a new week and we get to make more money this week. So uh, Lundberg, who sadly is not on the podcast, not feeling well tonight, um, he is tailing my bet that I kindly threw out to the group as the, hey, if you don't think this is the best bet of the weekend, you're an idiot. I am um, the idiot, apparently. I think this is a terrible <laughs> bet. Uh, you're crazy. Uh, so Lundberg and I are both taking Aston Villa plus 300 uh, against Chelsea this week. Uh, Chelsea is not good. I, I will say it again and again. Hold and up, again. hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. In the text, you said CP. That means Crystal you, Palace. You really have to stop getting high during the day. Um, there's two things I put in there. I put one, my actual best bet is Aston Villa over Chelsea at plus 300. My second one that I would suggest is, um, who's playing Crystal Palace this week? Hang on. Let me pull it up. Um, um I'm going to so... keep getting high during the day. I'm just throwing <laughs> that out there. Hold on. Uh, it was, it was full. On. Sorry. Fulham plays. Just say it this way, Chris. He needs to just listen better. (laughs) You put CP in the text, dude. What does CP mean? After he put the best bet of the weekend is Aston Villa over Chelsea. 
And if you don't like that one, then the second best bet is Crystal Palace. You can go Fulham back and read over it. Crystal Palace. Well, Fulham over Crystal Palace at plus 310. Those are my two I'm throwing out there this week, but my actual best bet that Lumberg's telling me on is Aston Villa over Chelsea plus 300. I love it. Anytime you can get positive money against Chelsea right now, you have to do it. It doesn't matter if they're home, it doesn't matter if they're away, you got to do it. Um and then Tim, sadly Tim not on the podcast. Um, he is taking Brentford at home over Everton. Somehow that Brentford line is only a minus 130, um, which is really – like I can't fault this one. I, I typically hate it when people pick uh, favorites in the best bet section, um, but we all define it our own way, and it's fine. Um, I like to look for those value bets while other people just want to cash. And, and I can't blame him for that. So Tim's taking Brentford at a minus 130. They're a favorite. Uh, if he wins that, it's like an $80 cash on a $100 play. So not bad at all. Um, Andrew, what are you doing? Uh, I decided to um, sack up, Chris. I decided to <laughs> um, really put my money where my mouth is. I decided that it... Since it's a North London derby this weekend, I'm taking Tottenham against Arsenal. Plus um, 330? Is that yeah, right? They, yeah, that, that, they're a plus 330 according yeah. to um, your text to us, um, which I, I, can't, I can't fault you. I mean, this is probably where the Tottenham season starts to fall apart now that you're <laughs> hey, yo. Hold on, let's get my hopes up. Hold up, no, no, no. Let's back up. Remember last year how they won on my birthday and it like really made me feel good after they started? We gotta, like, my birthday's not till Halloween, okay? So they're gonna like really build up a couple more weeks. Ruin me on about November 14th, okay? Uh, So I'm feeling really good about this bet. That's all I'm saying. They're not gonna ruin me yet. They got a couple more weeks to go. Okay. Um, I wish you well. Um, but in all honesty, all joking aside, um, it's not a bad bet. I mean, Tottenham has been playing good. They've looked good all season. I'm. It might even be called the best bet. I mean, it's close. It's one of. It's not as good as Aston <laughs> Villa over Chelsea. It's a good uh, bet. <laughs> but it is a good bet. That's a that's a lot of value on a team playing very well. And so I, I against another team that hasn't proven it versus what in we a, talked about earlier in a derby where anything can happen. It's the same reason yeah. I put money on Colorado State to beat Colorado this weekend. Like he almost did, dude. I know, but I that was my thinking is Colorado's so hyped, like they've done it's a, nothing. It's a rivalry. It's a they've rivalry. done nothing against anybody. It's a guy with a big mouth who talks a lot. Whatever. I know. All right, and that brings us to Nate, who is breaking the mold. I don't know if you've ever picked a bet like this during our best bet section, um, but Nate, what are you going with this week? Well, I'm curious what you mean by that, actually. Should I, I say my bet I don't remember you calling a draw. Oh, I've called draws for sure. Okay. Yeah. Um, I am I, – It's worked this, so well for Andrew, you may as well this call is probably. This is probably not, by definition, best bet. I think – I pick this in a moment of despair, but I am taking Luton Wolves to draw. Um, It's maybe the thing I think is most likely to happen. Maybe that is the most likely to happen result is maybe what I should have called this. I think there are better bets. I think both of yours are probably better bets, but I'm sticking with, Luton and Wolves to draw. Hey, Nate, as someone who took four semesters of psychiatry, um, I'd like to analyze you for a minute. Um, this is not healthy decision making. You should like be rooting for. You should not be doing this. This I am is... rooting for Wolves. I just think that they're going to draw at Luton. I'm so... just saying that Chris, can you take his shoelaces and his belts? This is a bad sign. If oh, he's, I am not at the worst. I was at way lower and darker places last season. Chris, you yeah. hear where I'm going with this. I know where you're going with this. I, look, I have a general rule to never bet against my team. And yeah. in 
in the concept of like I'll never bet for them to tie or lose a match. Um, I told you guys last week <laughs> though that you should bet on Brighton. Um, so like I understand the true feelings, but I will never go against my own squad. And this maybe isn't even necessarily going against your own squad because uh, you know, a point for wolves is good. I mean, is good. good. A point for wolves is <laughs> like them and Luton can share a point, and they'll build, they'll both whatever. God, you pocket points as long as they don't lose. That's a win. Maybe I'm just disappointed, Nate. I'm sorry, dude. I don't. I don't care. I think this is the most likely outcome <laughs> of the weekend, so I'm going for it. It is best I, bet. You're right. Sorry, dude. I'm I'm piling like on, and I feel I'm sorry. You're right. Uh, it's it's okay. But, so looking at our recap, I mean, we're all going out there with some some bets. I'd um, like to point out also fans. that I have no place to talk since I'm in dead last in money on best yeah. bet. Yeah, I mean, when you look at it that way, it's true. Sorry, um, Nate, you're so... you're the king. My bad. <laughs> I'm not. I'm all not. Right. Well, that that is best bet. We could talk all day about our feelings. And hiding the belts and the laces, but we won't. <laughs> um, we'll leave that to FanDuel, who sponsors us for Best Bet. Sorry, I got nothing. I got nothing That's this right. weekend. That's all right. All right, uh, Chris or uh, yeah, Chris Lundberg uh, is. He told me he's going to watch Everton Brentford. Uh, so that is going to be the match he is focusing on this weekend. Um, Look forward to hopefully hearing what he has to say next week. There are a, we are in this sweet spot of soccer, you guys, because Champions League starts tomorrow, Europa and Conference League on Thursday. We have full slate of action over the weekend. I'm going to run through these matches. Uh, we're not going to talk about all of the Premier League teams every week. But because it's kicking off European soccer, we will talk about who everyone's playing this week. Uh, and then we'll talk about best matches of the weekend. Before you do this, I would like to point out, remember last year at this point, I was so attached to Tottenham that like they had championship league games. And I was like, let's talk about them. And right now at this point, I'm like, can you just like, plow through this real quick because i don't care um i would just like to point out that i'm a monster you're right and um go ahead and say what you were about to say but i'm apologizing for last year now cool you're fine all right today tomorrow uh or if you're listening to this when it drops that's today uh ac milan plays hosts newcastle and city hosts Belgrade, Red Star Belgrade. Then on Wednesday, Arsenal hosts PSV and Munich, Bayern Munich hosts Manchester United. Um, some really exciting matches there. Then on Thursday, we have Europa League games as well as Conference League. Remember, there are eight teams from Premier League that are playing in Europe this year, four in, four in Champions League three in Europa and one in the conference league. Lentz hosts Liverpool on Thursday, Brighton Hove Albion host Athens, West Ham hosts some Serbian team that I didn't know their name and how to pronounce it. And then Legia Warsaw hosts Aston Villa. So tons of, of soccer midweek this week. Hey, Nate, you forgot to mention who Tottenham is playing in these multiple tournaments that are going on right now. The same team that Wolves is are playing. Oh, nobody? Nobody. Oh, no. oh, that hurts, doesn't it? Then over the weekend, we have some really exciting matches. Uh, as we mentioned earlier, the North London Derby Arsenal hosts Tottenham. I think Chelsea-Aston Villa is going to be an interesting match. Um I think Liverpool, West Ham, we're going to learn a lot about both of those squads. Um, and Wolves-Luton at the other end of the table. That's a match that really matters. I'm really excited about literally every match you mentioned. Um, I will be watching all of those. They're all very, 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 very exciting. Um, I will be at a pub 
in Tempe, Arizona on Dobson and Elliott at 6 a.m., probably prior if anybody would like to join us. Um, it will be full. They have really good burritos, and I will be wearing my new Tottenham gear that I purchased, by You're the way. Rich. It, You're rich, Richard Arlison. <laughs> there is not a single player's name on any piece of gear I own yet. I haven't committed to a player since Harry Kane left, so we're good. Other than that, no. Well, that's all I have, gentlemen. Any last words? Um, Glazer's out. Dude, I... My last words, I'm so excited. Soccer's back, dude. I am... I missed it last week. Did you not? I had... I was, like, empty inside, waking up 4.30, looking at TV, nothing. It's terrible. I love it. I'm so happy it's back. I, I'm not a college football fan. I'm a... Like, I like the NFL, but I also like uh, EPL. I don't give a shit about college football. Sundays are the best. All right, gentlemen. As always, you can listen. Uh, you can follow us at Soccer Neophytes on Twitter. We have a website, SoccerNeophytes.com, that is never updated. Uh, <laughs> other than that, you can find us on all your streaming podcast options. Chris has already said Glazer's out. I'll say Fosin out. <laughs>